0: of the writing of this book about who is Jesus Christ who is he really now we all know who Jesus Christ is I don't have to explain to you that he was born of a virgin I don't have to explain to you that he was the second person of the Trinity before the world was created that he always existed in the second person of the Trinity you all know that don't you Father the Word or the Son of God and then the Holy Ghost are the Holy Spirit. You all know those truths. And you all know that Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world. And that he, he was in the grave. And he arose from the grave on that Sunday before, die, before daylight. Hey, you all know that. You, you understand that. And that's great. But the, there's a lot of people who don't know that. And, you know, it seems that the world is going farther away from those truths than they have ever before. You know, back in the, the 60s, there was the God is dead movement. Now, most of you are too young to even remember that, but when the God is dead movement started, uh, there was a, a revival that came after that among God's people and, and among lost people, and people, people got saved. People got saved. In the 70s, we had a move of God. Anytime Satan does something, God is in control. And he answers in his good timing and will. Now, man doesn't have a problem with being an atheist in reality. You hear a lot about atheism today, but man does not really have a big problem with atheism. The real problem is we have more than one God, and they're not gods at all, but they're gods to us as mankind. God can be a sports God. God can be your future or your fortune, right? God can be yourself in reality. And so mankind has a problem about understanding God. They, man believes in God, but who is God? And there's only one true God, and it's impossible that there would be any other than one God because a God can erase all of the others. I don't know. You follow that in philosophy and, 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 and you'll understand what I mean. So they attempted in the first century at the writing of the book of Colossians because of the Roman influence or, or the, the, the the influence of the world at the time, they tried to fit Jesus into the scheme of being one of the gods. He's one of the gods. And if you talk or if you'll read after Uh, some of the philosophers of our time, they'll look back at the life of Jesus and say, oh, he was a great teacher. Oh, he had great ideals. They'll they'll say that. Sometimes they'll say he never did exist, which that's pretty hard to to, uh, push around. But even today, I'm saying, they, they try to fit Jesus in to being a God, but not the true God. The false teachers of Colossae tried... That scheme of convincing the Christian, Oh yeah, he's a God. But in reality, as a Christian, we have to believe that he is the God. The God. So same thing going on today. So Jesus, Jesus, the Redeemer, they try to say He's on a level and we'll get you over the top with this new knowledge. How many many's heard of meditation and, and all this kind of thing? They, those are rooted back centuries ago. They're rooted in that, that false claim of trying to rise above and, and, and all that stuff. You've heard, I remember the time when we were talking about the New Age religions. You, you remember that. We went through that phase. You know, there's phases, there's phases. There's something new under the sun that, that, that the devil tries to use to, to get people's focus off of who is God. The New Age movement and, and that. And now the, that there is no God. The atheism movement and, and all these things. And it's amazing to me that these things come and go, but the Bible keeps standing. And the Lord Jesus is still Lord of lords and King of kings. So they tried to include Christ. Like many religions try to include Christ today. But the reality is Christ is the center of everything. He is the all in all. People will call themselves Christians. Christy died a few weeks ago. Remember Christy Yeah. You know, likable, good, nice person. As far as we know, I don't know her personally. But she died in, in the same problem of believing and there's more than Jesus Christ. And and they call themselves Christian. But that, that is not Christian at all. The pagan religions try to get back, try to get back into the scheme of things in Christianity. It won't work. Now look what it says in verse 15. Speaking of Jesus Christ, he says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now, as you read that, you may read that wrong. If you're not careful, you can get messed up on that. If you get the idea that Jesus was created or he was born or he came into existence when he bo- was born, you've missed it. The word firstborn has nothing to do with him being born. Okay? Has nothing to do with him being born. It has everything to do with authority. He is all in all. He is everything. Now, the cults try to make him one of the gods. The devil tries to make him one of the gods. But the Bible says "Who of Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. Now, God is a spirit. The Father is a spirit. People have gotten upset with me over teaching this truth that is a fundamental sound truth. It's taught everywhere. It's understood everywhere. But when people hear that that have not really studied, they can get offended. And they'll say, well, the Bible talks about the Lord's hand and the Lord's eye and, and all this. But what you've got to understand, the Bible uses those terms to help us to understand a bigger truth. God... The Father is a spirit. John 4, Jesus said, The Father is a spirit, and He wishes those to worship Him in spirit and in truth. So Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So at the incarnation, when Jesus was born, He took on flesh a man. And Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. Jesus is now seated at the right hand of his majesty on high, right? When you get to heaven, you will see the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's all you'll need to see. He is God. The God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. As it says in the text, who is the image of the invisible God. That word image, if you really get, get get the word for it, it means a very stamp, like a stamp. You, you, any of you ever use one of those things where you could date the thing or put your address on the envelope and you'd push it down and it flips over with the ink and it puts the stamp on there? Well, before those things came out, there would be a ring and there would be a stamp, and they could even have a a, a portable version. It would be a device on someone's hand. But the kings would have a stamp, and his man working for him could take and stamp a piece of paper, and that means it's authentic from the king. And so a king's son may wear a ring, like the, the, the father put the ring on the prodigal son's finger. It was a stamp there that gave him... The stamp of, okay, $4,000, done, spent. Well, you go to the courthouse. You buy you a piece of property, uh, and there's a stamp on that. Uh, they still do that, Tim? They still put a stamp. You you can have a title or deed without the stamp. Hey, you better go get you an authentic, even a birth certificate, right? A stamp. Well, Jesus Christ is the stamp. The stamp image of God he is God in the flesh How oh, people try to lessen the authority and make Jesus less than God but he's God in God who is the image of the invisible God and then he says the firstborn of every creature now see you thinking firstborn means something to do with his birth, but it has nothing to do with his birth. Let me explain. Uh, Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. Who was the firstborn? Esau. Okay? Then Jacob was born. Well, Jacob was his firstborn. And you know what came with that? Authority. Authority. Hey, I would have come out really... I, I, it would have made a difference, I don't guess, at all because I didn't inherit anyway when my parents passed. But the oldest son got a all. If there wasn't any sons, the oldest daughter got a all. If you were a firstborn daughter in that culture and then you'd have a little brother, he'd get a all And you know what that forced you to do? To be nice to him all your life. That's why I tell teenagers when we when he had school, you be nice to the little scrawny guy that's in your class. Don't be a bully to him. He may be your banker one day. And you won't have a good relationship with your banker. But Esau, the reason I'm using him for an example, he forfeited his authority, didn't he? As firstborn. And Jacob was given the authority of the first. How many know that's true? Say amen. You know, it's true. And so, you know what? That thing, I'm I'm glad that story is in the Bible because God just broke off that ideal that always the firstborn was going to be the firstborn in authority because the firstborn was not the firstborn in that story. Jacob was. Well, here it is. That authority is in Jesus Christ. He is in this world as the firstborn. It has nothing to do with his birth. It has to do with his authority. It means headship. Jesus is the head of all things. Jesus is the head of this world. You know, Satan is the prince and power of the air. He's a prince, but not a king. I think some people get that mixed up sometimes. They think of the devil being a king. He's not a king. He's just a prince. Now, if I was in England right now, you'd all be shouting right now because, Oh, I got it. But a prince is not a king. He may be in line, but I tell you what, he's never going to be king. Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords, and someday he will be crowned that, as the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 5. So Jesus is the firstborn. He is the head of all things. He is in charge. Second, let's get to the points. Number one, He created all things. He created all things. Look at verse 15 and 16. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by Him were all things, what? Created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, All things were created by him, and who's it for? For him. Everything. He's the head, and he's the creator. I want you to notice the categories of creation here. Notice all things in the earth, visible, invisible, Hey, folks, there's some things that are invisible we don't see. Uh, Whether they be thrones, there's thrones that we don't understand much about that. Dominions, we don't understand much about that. Principalities, we don't understand much about that. And powers, we don't understand much. There's a whole lot we don't understand a whole lot about. He made all of it, He made the devil. We know he didn't make him a devil. He became a devil because of his will to be as God. And he was cast down. But God made everything. Jesus Christ is the creator of all things. Now, our society is taught evolution. Evolution uses science as credentials. And they say, science backs us up as evolutionists. Science backs us up. That's what they say. How's that go? How's that work? C- can I tell you an absolute truth about science, and don't forget this? Don't forget this. Science knows nothing about, about how it got started. They know nothing about how it got started, and they don't know much about how it's here now. There is not one thread of real evidence for evolution. Evolution. For, for the development of different things from things. There's just no evidence of it. T.H. Huxley, Huxley, a scientist, at the end of his life said this, science has no ability to tell us about the origin of the universe. Hey, have y'all read anything on the Darwin theory and how it's just crumbling and falling apart? It's been crumbling and falling apart for years now, and, and it is. And and all these people are doing, is these scientists are, that hold it up, and there's many scientists that turned their back on it, but the ones that are holding it are just holding it up because they have nothing else. A scientist is like a police officer. A police officer can go out on the highway and look at skid marks, and they can look at those skid marks and they can tell you about how fast... Maybe the car was going, and how far it it, it, this took and that took, and, and and but they can't tell you what started it unless there's concrete evidence. And let me tell you something: the only one, the only one that knows how the world started is Jesus Christ. He was there. Hey, he was there. He's the firstborn. He was there. Only way. Uh, to know what happened is to ask somebody that was there. How many of you, I don't want to ask you how many's been in trouble in court, but has there any of you been on a witness stand before? I have. I've been on a witness stand before because I saw something. And uh, that lawyer uh, that was uh, on the side of the person that called me up there, and he'd ask me quite, I, I told him, and man, it sounded good. It was good. Ah, yeah, this was just like this. It was just like this. And I told that story, and I said, wow, I'm doing good here. I was nervous as I could be. And then I got cross-examined. And then he'd ask me a question, and I would give my answer. He said, that's hearsay. And I said, what in the world is hearsay? I was in Crothersville, Missouri when this all happened. Hearsay, I had thinking. Hearsay is something you didn't see, something you heard. And you know what it turned out? After that guy got done slicing my testimony up, everything I said was hearsay. I didn't see nothing. i I thought it was true because I thought it was true. Have you ever been guilty of that? Yeah, we have. Well, you've got to ask somebody that was there, and Jesus Christ was there. Science guesses at the origins. The Holy Spirit was there, and Jesus Christ, second person of the Trinity, created all things. Don't believe the lie of atheism. Uh, So we we can insist, according to the Bible, that the Lord created the universe. Now some people's concept of Jesus Christ is not big enough for that. They think of him just being born 2000 years ago and he stepped out of eternity. He really did, but he always existed. He always existed. Second thing I want to put in the point is this that the Lord Jesus Christ controls the universe. He created the universe and he controls. This is our savior. A hundred billion stars in our galaxy. How many is a hundred billion? That's a bunch. A hundred million galaxies. Let me tell you something. That's scientific discoveries and guesses. They don't know. Wouldn't you bet? I bet there's more. How about you? I bet there's more. So we got a hundred billion stars in our galaxy and then there's a hundred million galaxies that are known. And they tell us they understand about 1% of what's out there. Do you realize that that means that there are more stars than there are sand, grains of sand on the earth. There are more stars than there are grains of sand, On the earth. Our God is a big God. He created it, He controls it. Look at verse 17. And He is before all things, firstborn, and by Him all things exist. Now there's no rightful challenge to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is before all things. Hey, He explains. To us, he's the creator, and he controls the universe, the atom. If you went to school, you'd learn a little bit about the protons and the neutrons, and they're positively charged, and how they should be flying apart, but they hold together. The Bible says, by him all things consist. Who holds this thing together? Jesus. He does. He sustains it. Now, let me me take this to practical. You young people listen to me real quick. Don't worry about climate change. Worry about people going to hell. Because the only reason the devil has put climate change out there is to take people's mind off the fact that there is a God, and one day we're going to stand before Him and give an account. Don't worry about climate change. Jesus controls it. Next time you hear these crazy ideals that people want to bring up and say this is, just say, we got to quit playing games. Truth is truth, real is real, and what's coming up in your mind is bananas. The Lord holds everything together. If the planets were off sync at all, they would collide by him, all things consist. He controls it all. Hey, you know the Big Bang theory is gone. Did y'all know that? Have y'all been reading about that? The Big Bang theory they dumped it. They're trying to say that the uh, that the universe always was here now because they can't they can't they can't really explain it. But, but do you know that Venus rotates in the opposite direction than the Earth? And did you know if you just sling it out there? by a big bang or a big arm throwing it all, that it would all spin the same direction. Oh, well, it hit something and bounced back and went the other way. Oh, come on, please. Please. takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to be a believer. Think about the sun with me for a moment. The sun loses 4 million tons of energy every day. Puts out 4 million tons of energy every day. If it was a little little bit farther away from us, we would freeze. If it was a little bit closer to us, what would happen to us? We'd burn up. Who set the thermostat? Evolution didn't. Somebody was there. Somebody set the thermostat and put it all in position. Somebody said, hey, I'm going to play a trick on them. I'm going to spin them all this way, and I'm going to spin one the other way so they can say, hey, there is a God. You know, we look up at the stars, and we see a big dipper, and we, we see all these different images. You know what those things are up there? It's up there to help you understand. Somebody created it. It's not randomly just splashed up there. Think about it. He came into the world that created the world. He created it, he controls it, and then he came into the world. And the simplicity of the Lord Jesus is, is a proof of the truth. He rode upon a coat that was never ridden. He caught a fish to pay his taxes. Uh, one time he passed a fig tree and spoke to it, and it withered away. Once the sea was just tearing it up, just like a storm, and he was asleep in the bottom boat, not a bit concerned about it. Up, he come up, he come up out of the boat and said, "Peace, be still," and it stopped. One time he come walking on the sea. Peter said, "Let me walk to you." Peter walked on the water. He is the creator. He is the controller. He controls the universe. He said, peace be still. Don't you know he can handle any kind of wind of adversity that might come to your life? He can handle any kind of wind of adversity that comes to your life. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ, he created the universe. He controls the universe, but he also claims it. Look at verse 16. For by him were all things created uh, that are in heaven, that are in earth... Visible, invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by him. And what's the last two words? For him. It don't look that way to us. But the Bible tells us, thank God for the Bible. The Bible tells us in chapter 5 of the book of Revelation that... Everything's it's it's all at the end of the world at that point in Revelation chapter five. It's it's after the time that we're in. And and the question that John is, is presented with, who? Who can open the book? Who controls history? Who controls the universe? Who can open this book? Who can open it up and continue? And the Lamb walks up. Amen? Amen. The Lamb walks up. The one who created it. The one who controls it. He walks up and He claims it. He says, it's mine. Friend, He created you and me. He created us. He put us in this world. And all this world is for us, it's just a place for us to make a decision who's going to be God to us. Are we going to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ or are we going to be, believe the lies that are told? And he lets us choose. Let me tell you something. A parent? A parent. Think about a parent with me. You're a, you're a parent. You remember when you had those kids there? You remember when you made every decision for them? You remember when you started releasing them to make decisions? That's hard to do, wasn't it? Amen? Some of you were forced to do it. Some of them kids broke out from under your thumb and said, I'm going to do what I want to do. Right? Well, let me tell you about the sovereignty of our God. He chooses to back off and let us choose. Let us choose. And everything you've done, right or wrong in life, you've had a choice in it, and when it was right, God blessed it. And you have a choice. And you have a choice in salvation. You can choose to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Or you can choose to reject him. And if you choose to reject him, you will be rejected in the end. It's a choice. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. But friend, you have to do it here and now to get on the right side of God. You say, preacher, I, I, I want to live right. I want to do good. I want to get on. Wait a minute. Let me tell you how to get there. You go through the cross. See, when you look to the cross of Christ, you realize that you never can get there, that you never can live up to it. You never can live good enough. You, you can't be a Christian on your merits. You'll always be lost, but there has to be a time that you choose him. And you say in your heart, I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. And God has so given you that choice. What will you choose? The Bible, Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and sup with him, and he with me. Who is that standing outside of that door? The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Lord Jesus Christ. What an honor that you have a choice to receive the creator of the universe, the one that controls the universe, the one that claims you have the choice to receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Hey, I'm not talking about being friends with God. I'm talking about receiving Christ Jesus as your personal Savior. But it's up to you. What will you do? Will you choose Him? And you know, as a Christian, we need to remember this. Every day of our life, we have a choice. On Monday, we have a choice to walk with Him or to walk with ourselves. To walk... Have him tag on behind us as we would think and do what we ever want to do or asking him to lead us and guide us and follow him. We have a choice Sunday morning whether get out of that bed and come be a part of a worship service. We have a choice to serve him or not to serve him. One day we'll give an account whether we served him or not. We can get away with it here now. We can fake it till you make it. You won't make it, friend, if you fake it. It needs to be real, doesn't it? You know where revival lies for a Christian? The revival lies in us turning to the Lord and saying, You are the creator, you are the controller, and you are the claimer, and you have claim on my life, and I surrender to you, Jesus, to lead me today. I want us to stand to our feet, and I want to give an invitation And if you're a Christian, my invitation is simply this. Jesus has claimed your life. Will you surrender that claim to him and let him be your Lord? Will you? And if you're not a Christian, I want to give you an opportunity to claim Jesus as your Savior today. You come as we sing out. Susan's going to start. Let's sing to the Lord. You come. If you're a Christian, you need to make sure Jesus has claim on your life. Let's sing it out. Just as I am. But that thy blood was shed for me. Would you come today? He bids us to come. Would you come? Would you give your heart to Christ today? Anyone else come? One more verse. People are doing business with God today. Just as I am... I would be lost, but mercy and grace, my freedom brought bought, to glory in your cross, O Lamb of God, I come. I Anybody else didn't know that verse like I don't know that verse? I've sung that song since I was a baby, and I don't know that verse. I've never sung it, but maybe twice since we've been here, since we had this gadget on the wall. (laughs) Is there any word for ushers? Y'all ushers, go ahead and come. We're going to have us uh, a revival in this church.